Welcome to the economic update with the resident economist, Dr. Kirk Elliott. My name is Sean Morgan. I'm the host of the Sean Morgan Report over at AMP News. So, Kirk, some big news that you made an announcement on July 4th with your, your weekly update that you put out there, uh, that the Russian embassy put out a statement that the BRICS currency is going to be gold-backed. I mean, this is just a bombshell. Well, it, it's huge. So, you know, Sean, you and I have talked for literally almost a year about central bank digital currencies, the BRICS nations rising up, eliminating the petrodollar, you know, country after country after country leaving. And it's been speculated and, you know, more than speculated, we, we've reported on it, their currency is going to be gold back. Well, why would we say that, right? Why would we make such an assertion? Well, because when you look at the central bank holdings of gold, Russia has over 1,600 tons of gold. China has a thousand tons of gold. Turkey over 400 tons. Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, India all over 200 tons. It's like here's where, where we've talked in the past. It's like don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do, right? Because they'll poo-poo gold and silver and say, "Oh, it's an ancient relic. Why would you want that?" We got central bank digital currency. It's going to make 365, 24/7 immediate transactions of money. You don't have to wait for wires. It's going to be amazing. But Yet at the same time, they're saying that of pushing their own central bank digital currency, but they're backing up their currency de facto wise with gold, right? And so, so here's where now, as of the week over the weekend, the Russian embassy officials' Twitter page um, they tweeted, "It's like the, we're excited to announce that the BRICS currencies are going to be backed by gold." It's like, wow, that's one of the BRICS now nations, they- right? Yeah, and they didn't say 100% gold, and it's not necessarily an official announcement from BRICS, but it definitely gets, gives us an idea of how they're thinking, right? Well, it, it absolutely does. And so when you start connecting the dots, which you're really good at doing, is what comes next, right? So August 22nd through the 26th, the BRICS nations are meeting in South Africa to make some kind of a big announcement. We don't know what the announcement is. However, after the statement from the Russian embassy, the thousands of tons, hundreds of tons of gold that are being backed by those countries. Um, it makes me wonder of, you know, if, and, and they're, they're inviting estimated between 30 and 60 heads of state to this meeting, right? It's like, man, if this it's like is like a United Nations meeting down in, in South Africa, that's a, this is a big deal. Well, it's it's the BRICS nations that are meeting, not even the United. It's the BRICS yeah, nations. No, but what I mean is, it's like it's a very like oh, all oh, the presidents from sixty different countries are Absolutely. all going to be meeting there. Uh, yeah. This is in in Durban, South Africa, of all places, right? So, so here's the thing: if you're going to be having this a massive announcement with the BRICS nations inviting all these heads of state, you know, presidents. Um, why wouldn't you have it in one of your crown jewel cities in one of the really big countries of the BRICS nations like Shanghai or Moscow? Or if you're picking the smallest nation in the BRICS nations, the S is the South Africa, right? That's the S in BRICS. Um, why not one of their crown jewel cities like Johannesburg or Cape Town, right? No, Durban, Durban of all places, right? So, so when you think about it, this is where things really get interesting to me and really add oomph to that statement by the Russian embassy from over the weekend is South Africa is the largest gold mining country on the planet. Durban is the location of the largest gold mine, right? Which is the Durban deep wow. gold mine. So 
So you're having this meeting. I think this is very symbolic, Sean, of yeah. where the BRICS nations meeting in the largest gold mining country in the world next to the largest gold mine. What else would they be talking about, right? Other than it's like an open threat to the West, yes. uh, just by scheduling it and, and put it, planning it there. I agree. And then you know, over over the weekend, um, well, just actually this morning, um, the news came out about the May numbers came out for central banks increasing their gold holdings, and it's a lot, right? So so we've already talked about the thousands and hundreds of tons that these BRICS nations are amassing. But Turkey um, basically has net, they're, they're adding another, oh, I think it was 16 tons. Poland added another 19 tons of gold. China added another 16 this tons of gold. Interesting change. Thing, <laughs> yeah, these are not ounces or pounds. They're tons, right? So, so the interesting part about China is a year ago, their estimated gold holdings in China were about a thousand tons. Now, on the report from May, two thousand and ninety-two tons. It's like they've doubled their holdings in the last twelve months. And to what end? Right to when when they out of one side of their mouth they're saying we have central bank digital currency, gold and silver, ancient relics. Why would anybody ever want them? And then on the other side of their mouth they're amassing it by the thousands of tons, right? This is why I always yeah. say, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do, right? Because when what they say and what they do now collide and they blend, it's like, okay, they're they're up to something and it is about to usurp the US dollar as the world's reserve currency. It's happening right before our eyes. I mean, the Zero Hedge article that I read today said something like eight central banks uh, set a month-on-month -month record for eight months in a row. They're adding all of this gold to their balance sheets. Uh, so that's what you're referencing. Uh, and you had another really interesting point from your talk on 4th of July, which was about the LIBOR rates, mm. uh, which is the way the overnight rates that all the banks were based on, all the loans were based on those rates. That's no more. Can you talk about that? So this that is the biggest thing that seriously nobody's going to talk about because it's hard to understand right but but here to me it's like the death knell it's the last nail in the coffin for the US dollar so libor stands for the london interbank um, originating rate so so or offering rate this is where all loans are basically tied to libor whether it's country to country bank to bank your credit card payment mortgage payments you know auto loans they all have this baseline. And then you add on top of that baseline things like what's your credit score? You know, okay, you got to add on top of that because you have bad credit score or the duration of the loan. Is it a long-term loan or a short-term loan? And what's the asset that you're going to be buying? Is it a house? Is it a car? Is it just a personal line of credit? What is it, right? So you add all of those things on top of LIBOR. Now, here's where it gets interesting. It doesn't matter if you're a wealthy country or a poor country under the old system. Every country basically got this LIBOR rate, right? So, which is pegged to the US dollar. So, LIBOR is pegged to the US dollar. So, it actually retired on June 30th. It's, it's done. They, they stopped. There, there was no big announcement. No one knew about it <laughs> except for economists. Well, banks knew about it because here's where I wanted to make sure, like whenever I 
report something, I want to make sure that it's real and it's not just some rogue internet blogger making some statement, right? And and, and misleading people. So I was I was Googling um, LIBOR versus F- SOFR because that's what it changed into. Like the first 80 articles that came up were from banks, like yeah. different banks saying, we've changed the way that we're going to be doing our interest rates and how we, what we can offer on loans. And so the new system is implemented on July 1st. And based on, let's say you had an old loan that, that basically matures within the next six months. Well, they're not going to change that. You're going to stay on the old one, but anything new coming up, it's like it's going to be a different interest rate. If you if you have a long term until maturity, like over a couple of years, it's actually going to adjust to the new rate, to this new SOFR rate, which is the secure overnight financing rate is what, it, what it's called. So the secure overnight financing rate is a way for them in, in bankers terms to minimize their risk. They're looking for a risk-free rate, meaning they don't, if you have a bad credit score, if you have something else, you're going to pay a higher rate than somebody else, right? So now this is going to apply to countries because LIBOR is gone, which is pegged to the US dollar. The, the secure overnight financing rate, which is now the system that's employed throughout the world, is going to be asset-based. So whatever your country has as an asset base is going to determine the rate that you get. So let's play this out a little bit. In America, (laughs) what do we have? I mean, we have amazing people, right? We have ingenuity, creativity, we're hardworking. um, But a lot of our natural resources, we're not allowed to use. Like we can't drill in the Gulf because of environmental concerns. We can't drill in the Arctic because of environmental concerns because the environmentalists are afraid that the migrating moose population, once they see an oil rig, they're going to not know what to do. It's like, I give moose much more credit than the environmentalists do. It's like, hey, if there's something in my way, I'll turn to the right and I'll walk around it and I'll keep going, right? It's like, but but no, the environmentalists say, no, the moose aren't smart enough. Animals are stupid. That's what their actions are saying. I'm saying they're smarter than that, right? But they don't allow you to drill there. And they we have refinery capacity that's diminished. You can't frack, right, because of environmental concerns. So so a lot of our productivity is gone. Our service jobs have been outsourced to overseas. So what do we have left? It's like, I don't know. A lot of debt. An, we have Hollywood, <laughs> right? We, But I don't know if that's an asset or a liability at this point, quite honestly. It's like, I don't know, right? So, so basically what I'm saying is you've got these BRICS nations that have thousands of tons of gold. They've got manufacturing might, right? You're pulling all of these countries together. They're going to get a lower rate than we are in America under the new asset-backed loan system. So therefore, they're going to automatically have a competitive advantage. Not only that, but (laughs) they're going to have the world's reserve currency, right? This is is where we're headed. And we're not talking about a dystopian future, Sean, where this is projected to happen down the road, or this is like an end of the world type thing. This is happening right now, right? It's actually underneath our nose. This is an economic war between two sides. And one side wants to back their system by nothing, right? Uh, by that fee, the fiat, the central bank uh, controlled cryptocurrency. Uh, it's a debt-based system. And the other side wants to back it by stuff like gold and, and real assets. Uh, this, is, this is really interesting how this is playing out. Uh, and and I, 
I saw some headlines today that are worthy of noting because uh, it really points out this wealth inequality that we have, at least in the U.S. Th this, these two stories are based on the U.S., that in New York City, luxury housing buyers are buying uh, their luxury penthouses and so forth in cash more now than in the last decade. So wealthy people doing so well, they're paying for their, their stuff in, in cash, whereas middle class and poor people are Googling, where's my closest pawn shop? more than ever before. So people are suffering on, in the middle and the lower classes so much that they're looking to sell their stuff to try to make their ends meet. Those are two very different things going on. Oh, two completely different things. And, and I think we're going to continue to see this, right? Because as interest rates rise, what is that, what is that going to do for any company or any person that has debt? They're going to feel the pinch even more. And since COVID... When, when basically a lot of the, the local shops, the mom and pops and big corporations are starting to shut down, inflationary pressures are persisting, cost of borrowing is going up, people aren't buying as much. So like in New York, for example, that you mentioned, um, the, the high-priced real estate is, is actually going to come crashing down. Why? Because commercial real estate is hitting the skids. Commercial real estate is always a, a leading indicator to what happens in the residential real estate market, because if companies aren't growing, they're not going to be hiring, right? And so this is this is where these dominoes, you know, you can connect these dots and these dominoes. And are people want to live close to where they work, too. So that's yeah. another thing to consider why it's an indicator. Uh, but yeah, it's just crazy how the millionaires and billionaires are doing so well right now. And, and the rest of us are... Uh, uh, you know, Googling uh, or doing a search engine search, where's my closest pawn shop? I need to sell everything I can to, to pay my bills. Yeah. And so this is, this is where we're at. This is, this is makes you wonder uh, if this time period of crisis uh, is when they're going to do the old switcheroo because we got the whole fed now system coming out very soon uh, this month. Uh, and, and that's one step closer to the CBDC you've been talking about. Uh, any final thoughts on on how the, they'll use a crisis to to force this new system on us? Okay, so <laughs> amazing question because you didn't know what I just read like literally five minutes before the show. So, um, so the UN we talked about this briefly, but not to this extent. Um, in in March, they they the UN met in in China, and then two weeks ago. They basically said we are going to have a digital ID, like a driver's license or a passport, that's biometrically identified that's tied to your bank account. So they can cut you off from buying or selling based on, and but they're going to know everything about you, where you are, where you're traveling, what stores you're at, right? Because of this, this stupid ID. Now, gets a little bit worse. Just this morning, um, some of the, the minutes and notes coming out from this meeting, this UN meeting, um, have come out. And so... This is the exact words from the Pact for the Future uh, that the UN Secretary, Secretary General Guterres called our common agenda, right? So he said, one such policy is an emergency, an emergency platform during any events that have a global impact that would provide the UN authority to actively promote and drive an international response that places the principles of equality and solidarity at the center <laughs> of its work. So here, equality oh, no. and solidarity, that's the social control piece of it, right? But it gets weird, okay? So 
So listen to this statement. So um, they're convening to operationalize automatically an emergency platform in the event of a future complex global shock of sufficient scale, severity, and reach. And then they describe what these future complex global shocks could be. Here they are, including major climatic event, future pandemic change. Yep. Future pandemic risks, a global digital connectivity disruption, a major event in outer space, and generic unforeseen risks like black swan events. So it goes on to suggest that the UN would have the power to oversee the stakeholders of the world, which would include what? What are the stakeholders? Academics, governments, private sector actors, international financial institutions, to ensure that there is a unified global response to whatever crisis is declared. So here's here's what, what is interesting in all of this. So the Federalist Society, you know, Federalist Report covered this just this morning. And basically, here's their their final statement and their concern. It's a warning that if the emergency platform is approved, the United States, as we know it, could cease to exist. Why the extreme statement? Because we're giving away our national sovereignty. If you were the president, Sean, or I were the president, and people voted us into power to act on their behalf in our in our republic, right? Why would we give away our decision-making authority to some non-governmental institution overseas where they don't know us? But that's what they just did. But here's the mind-numbing part. Seen what happened with the pandemic that they they'll yeah. manufacture a crisis so they can take that authority. Well, here's what's even weirder. It's like we're not talking about just Biden basically basically adopting this because he's already given approval three times to this concept, right? So, but you've got presidents of Japan, presidents of Germany, you've got you've got European Union officials, countries, all the United Nations countries are saying this sounds like a pretty good idea. Why would you give up your sovereignty and decision-making power as a leader? To some other entity, <laughs> there's something bigger going on here than what we what we're touching on. Right, and, and we we've covered this a lot with the UN and the the World Health Organization uh, trying to use these. Uh, they'll try to use climate change as a health emergency to try to take our sovereignty. Uh, but when you start tying in the biometric IDs and the buying and selling, that is so much more control than they were able to try to take over us during the pandemic. Just imagine another manufactured crisis where they're able to have that type of control, which is why gold and silver, it's private. They can't track it. They can't track you. You can do your own buying and selling independently. It's a real resilience tool. Uh, So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how people can work with you. How does that work? If they want to get a, a consultation, how do they do that process? So it's simple. Just call... 720-605-3900. That's the only phone number we have. The reason I say it that way is because in the chat rooms that that follow this show, um, there's a lot of scammers, right? I even found somebody pretending to be me that had PhD.com, but only one L in the URL instead of two. And it goes to a fake website pretending to be me. So the only way that you can get to us is kirkelliotphd.com, two L's and two T's, forward slash Badlands, 
or call our phone number, 720-605-3900. And what we're going to do is we'll, we'll find out what your dreams, your concerns, your goals are, and we'll, we'll help you map out a strategy for success given all the horrible news that we just talked about, John. I mean, that's dark news. That's global control of every aspect of our life. But here's the thing, with tangible assets that are private, that you can take delivery of or you can store, it's not a digital entity in a digital world, right? That gives you freedom and it gives you safety. It gives you protection and growth. I mean, we have all of them all in one package. And so that should start to put a smile on our face. And that's what will help navigate you through and quickly and easily get you set up for success. Yeah, a lot of people have their retirement accounts in the stock market. There's a lot of speculation, a lot of uncertainty with how that's going to play out through this uh, crisis that's unfolding uh, and how the dollar is being subverted and the bricks are rising. Uh, so that's something that you can talk to them about, right? The IRAs, the physical gold. Yeah, so I would say IRAs are probably 70% of everything that we're doing because this is where people's finances where their wealth, their retirements are held up in, in old 401ks and IRAs, right? So we can do all of the above. But when I'm talking about IRAs, I'm not talking about gold or silver in a paper form. It's not an ETF. It's not a mining share. It's not a mutual fund. It's thousand ounce bars of silver, hundred ounce bars of silver, 10 ounce bars, right? Something that you or the depository take delivery of. And, and we only use one depository the Texas Precious Metals Depository, right? There's, again, I, I hate to, to give focus to the scammers, but I want to protect people watching the show. It's like, they say, oh, we have our own our own unique depository and you have to use our vendors. It's like, baloney, that's not me, right? So, so we have, we vetted all of the depositories in the country, right? And there's one that we use, the Texas Precious Metals Depository to store IRA assets because we're talking about physical metals. Really, in all of the things that we can do, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate, there's a time and a place for everything. During the Reagan years and Trump years, stocks and bonds and mutual funds did amazing because of the policies that caused the economy to grow or shrink. We had lowering taxes, lowering interest rates, and job creation. That causes the stock market to boom. Under Biden's administration, we've got exactly the opposite. We've got rising taxes, rising interest rates, and, and wage reduction. That's that's not a good recipe for success, right? So this is why we're allocating into metal gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've we've got uh, links in the description below. So if anyone wants to check that out, and we'll just put it on the screen uh, so people can see, it's that kirkelliphd.com backslash badlands. So when you click on that link below, you can schedule that consultation, and eventually, Kirk, how does it work? They they talk to someone on your team. Yep, they'll talk to one of my amazing client concierge schedulers and and they'll ask you a few questions and get you set up on the calendar of one of my amazing advisors, right? And then this is where our journey together begins, not ends. And you'll always have a, uh, we're only a phone call away. If you ever have any questions, our goal is to navigate you through this and we'll answer any questions, make sure we're holding your hand through the economy, letting you know when it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, do whatever needs to be done. We'll be here for you. But this is how it starts. Simple phone call. We'll talk to you. You'll talk to one of our advisors and, and that's where our journey together begins. You're saying that's where it begins, not where it ends, because some people just want to make a quick sale, sell people some gold, and then they just forget about them. Whereas with you guys, 
when the market conditions change, you might give them a phone call and say, hey, it's a good time to lock in profits. And then if they sell back to you, you're not charging a commission. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So a lot of a lot of dealers in this space will kind of act like transactional brokers, a commission when you buy, a commission when you sell, and they forget about you in between. To me, that part in between the bookends of those transactions are the most important part, right? Because it's the relationship. It's that ongoing relationship that melts away financial anxiety over time because you understand the why and why we're doing what we're doing. And then when it is time, nothing goes up forever. Nothing goes down forever. When it's time to lock in profits, since we want a lifetime relationship with our clients, that's our goal. We'll always let you know when it's time to buy. Sell your silver, lock in those profits, roll into gold. Sell your gold, lock in those profits. Maybe you go back into stocks. Maybe you go into bonds. Maybe if we have a gold-backed currency by that point, we don't get out of gold because there's no reason to, right? So, But here's the point. We'll be in the right place at the right time. And ongoing down the road, it might make sense that a cryptocurrency emerges to counteract central bank digital currency, right? I mean, there's going to be options down the road. Our goal is to get you there with a smile on your face, be in the right place at the right time until an exit strategy manifests itself. The only way to maximize your future is to maximize each and every day. And that's what we're here to help you do. Yeah, there's so much fear about all of this and it gives you a sense of, of peace and certainty mm -hmm. when, when you have a plan that makes sense to you. So just click on the link in the description below if you're interested in getting that free consultation. There's no pressure. There's no uh, high pressure sales tactics or anything. You just get some information, then you make your own decision for what's right for you and your family. So thanks for watching Badlands. We'll see you next week, Dr. Kirk. Thanks for joining. You bet.